I really like authentic people. I believe that viewers can sniff out a phony from a mile away and they don't have the tolerance for that. I mean, we see that all the time. We see filtered, faked, and Photoshopped and people are sick of it. They don't know what to believe anymore. You wonder why people are so skeptical. I'm Christy Code Red and you're listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle where we believe food holds the power to heal or poison, and we believe our society has been misled regarding proper nutrition and weight loss. You're in the right place if you're looking for some straight up truth, because I'm here to shed light on the lies and brainwashing that has taken place over the past five decades. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to another episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. I'm your host, Christy Code Red, author, entrepreneur, retired professional boxer. Hello, solo podcast today from me. That's fine. I need to do these once in a while. I'm the one that owns the podcast. I'm the one that's responsible for it. It's just so much more fun and easier to have Carrie on with me. Uh, And, you know, sometimes I have a guest, but it's rare that I have guests. I just don't trust guests on my podcast. My podcast is ranked high thanks to you. And I'm super protective of it. And guests tend to be, you know, they don't have good audio. They tend to not be in quiet places or they have kids screaming in the background or they, um, they have got crappy equipment. And I know probably that doesn't bother you, but you know, we want a good quality product for you. So I am very particular as you know, with who's on my podcast, but today we're talking about your story doesn't end here. I was on a plane and I recently watched a five-part series about Serena Williams on HBO called Being Serena. Serena Williams, in case you don't know that name, is a tennis icon. Her and her sister, uh, she and her sister Venus, Venus and Serena Williams, they have been, um, I mean, they're the, that's, the biggest names in tennis. I'm trying to think of another name that um, might be, I'm not a tennis fan. I'm not a sports fan at all, but I do know, you know, uh, Venus and, and Serena Williams and um, their dad, their sisters, their dad was extremely hard on them growing up and they became these um, just icons and they're black women. And it's just amazing. Well, Serena Williams, there was this, um, this series done on her called being Serena on HBO max. And it's interesting because my box, my old boxing coach, Tom used to say, you know, you've made it in a sport when non-boxing fans know who you are. Everybody knows who Muhammad Ali is, even if they've never watched one of his fights or they never watched any boxing matches. They're not, they're not a boxing fan. There are certain people, uh, Joe Montana, they just are, they're just, everybody knows who they are, even if they're not, um, they don't follow that sport, a household name. And Serena Williams is a household name. And this was an excellent series on her. If you get a chance to watch it, watch it. I know that um, we they have them on the plane and sometimes they have certain movies on the plane and it's really great to watch movies on the plane that you might not have had time to watch uh, at home. Uh, I really like Serena because she was authentic. I really like authentic people. I believe that Viewers can sniff out a phony from a mile away and they don't have the tolerance for that. I mean, we see that all the time. We see filtered, faked, and Photoshopped and people are sick of it. They don't know what to believe anymore. You wonder why people are so skeptical because of all the fake out there. You know, I, 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 I ain't nobody got time for that. I hate it. I absolutely hate fake. And Serena was not fake and she was not phony. She was not 
trying to be something that she wasn't or trying to be um, trying to be different than what she really was. I obviously I don't know her personally, so I can't really speak to that. But the feeling I got from the film was that Serena was real and authentic on camera, just like as if we were there talking to her in her living room. And I appreciated that a lot. She really let it all hang out. Uh, she, this was, I think this film was from 2017. It was, um, and she, she really was transparent about her life, getting married, um, and having a baby and then making a comeback after that. And once she had, she had a horrible, the pregnancy was pretty good, but she had a really bad, very scary, life-threatening birth. Uh, and I think she even, they had to, I don't know, I can't remember if they had to do CPR on her or something. They were, it was a dangerous, extremely painful birth. And then she had a hard time um, recovering from the birth. It was really scary. Um, the health, she's, got, she's had a healthy baby. Um, she's fine now, but she wanted to come back to tennis and her comeback was very tough. Um, she, she had a hard time getting her weight down because she was still breastfeeding. Um, she had a hard time getting her body back and her, um, you know, it's just, if you want to be fast and agile on the court, you got to get your weight down. And the coach was transparent about that on the air. She just was really struggling with extreme fatigue. Uh, and she, it was tough, really tough for her. And this, it went through a five-part series and you got to follow her whole journey of her comeback and her comeback wasn't it, she wasn't coming back like she thought she would. And she wasn't coming back as strong as she should have. Um, she did win a couple of, I know that when she first found out she was pregnant, she went and like, I think she won the U S open or something, a uh, really big match, really big. I don't know what they call them in tennis. They call them matches or, or, uh, a really big game or something. I don't know. Tennis match, tennis game. You can tell I'm just, I don't, um, I don't follow tennis at all. I don't, I'm just not a sports fan. Um, but it was a really big one and she won while being pregnant, but after she had the baby, it was just a very tough comeback and it wasn't working. And I was just dying because, you know, the, the series started at 2017. And so many years have gone about have gone by and we're recording this in 2022. Uh, and it, I I'm like, well, what happened? Did she make the comeback? Did she make the comeback? But the very last line in the very last series of being Serena on HBO Mac max, she said, my story doesn't end here. And that hit me. It hit me enough to take my phone out. I have a little place where I take notes when things hit me. Cause I can't remember them. I can't remember them. And it hit me that I wrote it down. My story doesn't end here. Your story does not have to end here. It's a hundred percent your choice. If your story ends here, um, at the time I'm recording this in August of 2022, I have signed a contract with a filming agency called generation iron, and they've pr produced over 20 films on bodybuilding and they caught wind of me making a bodybuilding comeback. And they reached out to me and we agreed to film a documentary, a mainstream documentary about my comeback onto stage in bodybuilding. And, um, by the time this comes out, you will have already known about it. I will have already made the announcement. Um, and we are currently filming for it. It's going to be six months of filming. And then the film is going to come out. I don't know exactly when, um, but it's going to be a story of my comeback at 46 years old, 20 years after I won that trophy you see behind me. 20 years later, can I do it? But my story doesn't end here. 
I'm not past my, my prime at 46 years old. And I'm going to, I'm going to prove it to you. I'm not past what I haven't maxed out my abilities yet. I I'm going to keep going. Yes. I have injuries. Uh, yes. I have a back problem. Yes. I have a, another injury that's bothering me in my shoulder. Um, uh, but I've got to, I got to find other ways to do it. There are, there's a, more than one ways to skin a cat as they say, but my story doesn't end here. When I got married right out of high school to what I thought was a nice man, of course, three months later into our marriage, he started beating me up and he started verbally abusing me, emotionally abusing me and physically abusing me. He was, and still is a horrible, evil, evil, evil man. And when, um, I had never heard someone say the words to anybody else that he spoke to me, I certainly had never heard anybody speak those words, um, over my life. And he started right off telling me I was, I desperately wanted to go to college. I've talked about this in other podcasts, but, uh, there was a college I was living in, um, North Carolina at camp Lejeune. And there was a small dumpy community college college called the coastal Carolina community college. And I would drive by and I would dream about going to college. I wanted to go to college so bad. I wanted to have a little backpack and I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to do it. And he constantly told me, he laughed at me and said, I was not smart enough and I would never amount to anything. And then I'll never go to college and I'll never make anything of myself. What would have happened if I would have let my story end there? What would have happened if I would have let him beat me up mentally, physically, emotionally, and continue to let that happen for years. What would have happened if I would have had a child? I knew I didn't want kids. I knew at the age of 14, I never wanted kids. And I was very careful to take precautions on birth control to where that didn't happen because I did not want an unwanted pregnancy. And I didn't want a pregnancy with a man that I knew was horrible. I learned really quick when he drove me to the strip club and told me to get out and go get a job stripping because we needed the money. I was incredibly humiliated. I mean, I knew he, he didn't care about me. He didn't care. He, he only cared about money. He, he was, it was horrible. And it just got worse and worse and worse. I went and got a job delivering pizzas instead. It was horrible. He pushed me out of a moving car. What would have happened to me if I would have let my story in there, if I would have believed those lies, uh, years later, you know, um, I got, uh, I, I met Jason Nickel, who is a, is a good man. And, uh, but we, you know, he didn't want, I didn't want to have kids and he did. And he said, if you don't want to have kids, I don't want you. And we split up and he didn't, he wasn't abusive, but he didn't believe in me. I continued to believe in me because I did not want my story to end there. You know, what would have happened if I would have given up after I lost some fights in boxing, you win some, you lose some, you keep fighting. You keep fighting. And I went on to have 14, 15 pro fights over the course of almost eight years all over the world. Was I the best fighter out there? No, but boxing brought on a lot of great opportunities for me that I would not have otherwise had. I had my own show on MTV. I had multiple magazine covers. I had news stories. I got to walk the red carpet and it landed me a job training celebrities in New York city. What would have happened if I would have believed him when he laughed at me? One time I was uh, taking this class in college at University of Memphis, and um, I was in nursing school at the time, and I was taking a nutrition class. And there was a woman who had a son who was uh, a prodigy child. He was like nine and he was in college. And she, of course, because he was nine, 
Um, she had to drive him to college and she had to walk him to his classes and stuff, you know, and um, she got to know me somehow because I was sitting next to him in class. And she told me that she thought I was a genius, that I should be tested and maybe and test and see if I can get into the Mensa society. If you don't know it, look it up, look up Mensa. And I was so, I mean, for, for a brief moment, I've never thought that I was smart. I was a C student all through high school. And my parents never really said, you, you know, you're smart. I knew Carrie was smart because it was very widely known, very well known in our family that Carrie was smart. She got great grades, that she would go on and make something of herself, that she should be a doctor, or she should be a lawyer, or she should be something a little bit more than, you know, just um, the, the bottom end of whatever that was. So she was meant for more, but I never got the feeling that I was smart. And that was the first time I'd ever had anybody say that you are smart, Christy. It was incredible. And when I drove home, so I got out of class and that two hours between getting out of class and having her say that to me and then getting back home to Jason was the best two hours of my life. Like I was, look, I was on a high. I, I couldn't believe this. I mean, maybe I'm really, I'm, maybe I'm really gifted. Maybe I'm smart. You know, maybe I'm not. I mean, I, who knows if I really was, but I really believed I was until I got home and I told Jason what happened and he laughed at me. He laughed so hard that he fell over and he said, you are not a genius. All right. Like get that stupid idea out of your head. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever, he laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed. And I was humiliated thinking that I could be in the men's society and that I could, that I could go on to do incredible things. What if I would have let my story end there? I would not be talking to you right now. I went on, was incredibly lonely, uh, got into a relationship because I thought it was the right thing to do because we do things that look good on paper. We do things to please other people. And I uh, was with another guy who was just a jerk, but on paper, he looked really good. And he ended up being a jerk. He ended up being in, in these three really um, heavy into these sex, sex things that uh, this BDSM kind of a thing. And I wasn't into that. I didn't want to be a part of that. That stuff scared me. I didn't like it. And uh, he ended up stealing $36,000 from me that I was saving to open my own gym. He called me dumb. He said that I was stupid. And uh, once again, what if I would have let my story end there? But I didn't. I, I pulled myself up on my bootstraps and I kept going. And I made something of myself sitting in my little office in the, in a basement of a building, downtown Boise, seeing one client at a time receiving Idaho state food stamps. because I couldn't even make it work because I didn't understand the power of, of, of the, of the internet. And then Natasha comes along and she believes in me. This could be a million dollar company. If you just change a few things. And within a year I made my first million. And then three years after that, I had, I had 10 million. I could have easily let my story in there. Miles comes to me, says, I don't like this person that you've become 10 years after we've been married. I don't like this person that you become. I don't like the hair. I don't like the makeup. I don't like the dress. I don't like this person. I want my old Christy back. I don't like this. I don't like the Mohawk. I don't like the personality. I don't like this person that you become. You're different than when I first met you and first married you. Yeah. I had no confidence back then, but he wanted the old Christy and I was not the old Christy anymore. I could have easily let my story in there. I could have easily given in and said, you know what? That's right. I'll just shut down code red or I'll sell code red and, and go back to doing whatever you want to do. Go back to being that person that you liked. 
And I didn't let my story end there because I knew there were more people on this earth that needed to hear the message of hope and healing. I knew that there was a man out there who loved me unconditionally, not when I looked a certain way or why I didn't look a certain way. I knew that there would be, that I would have, a, I would go on to live a happy life instead of living with a man who just despised what I looked like. I knew that I was meant for more and I refused to let my story end there. Maybe you have been through some things. Maybe you were abused in your childhood. Maybe you were in an abusive marriage. Maybe you had cancer. Maybe you have been knocked down, but not knocked out, but you've been knocked down over and over and over. This does not mean the end of your story. It only means that this is the end of your story if you believe it. That's it. If you believe this is the end of the line for me, that there's nothing else for me, that I can't become anything else, that this is as far as I can go. If you believe that, there's nothing I can say or do that's going to convince you otherwise. But if there is that still, deep, quiet voice in your soul that is telling you, you know, you still have dreams. You remember when you used to dream about being blank? You remember that when you used to dream about going blank? Remember that when you used to dream about starting blank? Remember when you used to dream and you put those dreams on, on hold for a spouse or kids or a nine to five job or something that society told you to become. And that's not really what you love. Your story does not end here. Maybe you've gotten a bad diagnosis from the doctor. Maybe, um, it, maybe it's cancer. Maybe uh, you've got to have a foot cut off because of your unchecked diabetes. Maybe you're going blind in your eye, retinal neuropathy, um, because of unchecked diabetes. Yes, this happens. Your blood sugars get too high for too long. Yeah, diabetes is no joke. If you are pre-diabetic or type two, you can still do something about it. Your story does not end there. We have so many stories in the Code Red community of people who have reversed their type two diabetes and pre-diabetes status even have type one diabetics who are managing their diabetes, their blood sugars better on the proper human diet than what they were doing before. Yes, it can be done. If you have been heavy before all your life, you've been heavy since you were a kid and you come from an obese family, this does not have to be the end of your story. Even if you have lost and gained the same 20, 40, 60, 100 pounds over and over, this does not have to be the end of your story. It doesn't, I can't, I can't choose this for you. It doesn't matter how much I believe in you because I'm not living in your house, whispering in your ear constantly to get, tell you, get up. I am kind of in the code red community. If you stay in the app, I mean, we come live, I come live to you in ringside, the, the membership, um, program ringside. I come live to you three times a week. We have prizes. We, have, we do videos in there. We're constantly monitoring posts. We're, we're constantly uh, keeping up with the Code Red community. Yeah, there are thousands, there are tens of thousands of people in our Code Red community. And we do do that there. We are whispering in your ear if you let us. But when you got your phone off and, and it's all quiet, ain't nobody at your house and you're looking at yourself in the mirror, what are you whispering to yourself? What are you saying to you? Are you telling, are you saying this is the end of the line for me? Well, not going to get in, got, not going to get any better from here. Well, I'm always going to be a blank. Well, I'm always going to have sore knees. Well, I'm always going to have pain. I'm always going to be heavy. I'm always going to have to wear size 28. I'm always going to be in a size 16. Well, then you are always going to be in a size 16. If you say that, 
It does not have to be the end for you. I have seen so many people, countless, I can't even count the number, tens of thousands of people who've come through the Code Red community who thought that was their end and they had given up on themselves. They had tried everything and nothing worked. You guys just heard the podcast with Christine. She, she was obese all her life, over 400 pounds. And is now at the time of this recording in August of 2022, down 130 pounds, has 130 to go. She refuses to let this be the end of her story. She refuses to stop now. But she didn't think there was another way until she heard about Code Red. Well, you're hearing about Code Red. You're here listening to this. So you are hearing the message. You now are responsible for the knowledge that I'm giving you that there is a better way and that you can continue to go up from here. Even if you failed over and over and over and over again, even if you have dumped thousands of dollars into uh, diets that have failed. Um, in my book, there's um, Tara Rowland and she said in the book, I believe that over 10 years, she dumped over 14,000 diet dollars in diets that didn't work until code red came along. That could be you 14,000. I don't know. It racks up pretty quick. Doesn't it? If you're trying this, trying that, trying this. I mean, I know that like Shakeology is like $150 a month, a basic membership to shakes. There are all kinds of membership prices. There are all kinds of, um, whatever. There's just, there's a, there's a, there's no shortage of diets out there that are, that are very more than happy to take your money. And many of them have, but that doesn't have to be your end. It doesn't have to stop now. If you have given up, if you're listening to me right now, but you're not on right now, you're not on the straight and narrow, you're not eating the proper human diet, you're eating chemically processed Franken food, you're back to drinking soda, you're back to drinking wine, you're back to drive-throughs, you're back to cake pops, you're back to karma macchiatos, you're back to the Baconator, you're back to the, the number seven from McDonald's with a, a large Diet Coke. Yeah, I know what a number seven is. It's a double cheeseburger, all right, because I used to get it. I also used to get the French toast sticks from Burger King. I got really sick and fat when I ate those. If that's you, man, we get it. Man, we get it. And man, we can help you. This does not have to be your end. This can be a new beginning for you. Even if you had a rough start, it doesn't matter how you started. It matters how you end. It matters where you go from right now. Not yesterday, not one minute ago, right now. Where are you going to move from here? Because you are now, you now have the knowledge. You now have heard my voice and you have now been warned. You've been given it. You've been given the options. Go back, go back to bakery, to bakery croissants and cupcakes. Go back, go back to, to wine, a bottle of wine every night. Go back, go back to the drive-thru. Go back to ordering pizza every, every other night at home. Go back to it or move forward from here. It's so simple. You just stop and you turn. That's it. You stop and you turn and you put your foot down. It's not, I should, I shouldn't say that's it. Cause it's not, that's not, that's not it. It is a decision, but then you move over forward with cleaning out your cupboards and then you move forward with, uh, throwing, well, I said, cleaning out, cleaning out your covers means also cleaning out your fridge. Then you move forward with hanging up your tracking sheet on the bathroom mirror. So you can track your water, your weight and your sleep every day. 
And then the next step is to print out your rules list and print out the foods list or take a picture with your phone or just access it on the app digitally. And then you move forward with starting to drink your water. And then you move forward with going to bed 30 minutes earlier tonight instead of watching TikToks all night. That's where it starts. You make up your mind right now, but then it takes a few other steps, cleaning out the cupboard, hanging up the tracking sheets, getting on, on that scale, being, becoming face-to-face -face with that number that you have ignored for so long. This does not have to be your end. Even if you've given up, I just ask you, I'm begging you to try it one more time with me. Just give it a shot one more time. Maybe this is the time that's going to stick. And you know what? If you fail again, we're going to come right back and we're going to do it again. And you fail again, we're going to go do it again. You fail again. You're not going to really fail. You're not actually failing. You, only, you truly only fail if you quit. I don't care how many times you come back. I don't care as long as you're coming back. That's all I care. You think Jesus has a limit on how many times that we ask for forgiveness? No, he doesn't. It's over and over and over. And the Bible says he, he takes our sins and he casts them as far as the east is from the west and remembers them no more. He doesn't even remember them. You come up to me at events. Some of you guys come up to me at events and I don't, I mean, my code red's gotten so big. It, I don't know all of your faces. I know some of you. I don't know all of you. And you think I know, you think I know. And you walk into the room and you're crying and you're so embarrassed because you think I'm going to be mad at you. Are you kidding you're there. You walked into the room. Like that's, I'm not, I, I'm so, I just, I just would grab up and grab you and hug you and you are embarrassed and you shouldn't be because you came, you showed up, you showed up to our workshop online or in person. You showed up to the code red event. You showed up to the retreat. You showed up. I don't care that you ate animal crackers all the way to the retreat. I don't care. You're there. That's all that matters because at, at, at one point, you're not going to eat the animal crackers anymore in the car. You're not going to have the Twizzlers and the Mike and Ikes on the road trips. You're not going to. It's finally going to stick. I don't care. I don't care when you show up because I know that today, right now, when I see you walking in that room, this is not going to be your end. We're moving forward. Even if you move half a step and you stumble, I don't care. Then we say it again. Well, this is not my end. I'm moving and you move a half a step and you stumble. It doesn't matter. You move that half a step. I'm celebrating the half a step. I'm celebrating you just opening the door. I'm celebrating you just opening your car door, getting out, walking into the Cottonwood Grill and walking into my workshop. I am so freaking happy. I am just happy that you signed up for the Code Red Rebel Retreat in September, 2022. And you just show up. I don't care how you're there. I don't care if you're, you're, I don't care. I don't care if you bring junk food and hide it in your room. I really don't. I don't care because you're there. That's all I care about. You're there. You're with me. You're talking to me. You give me a hug. You make friendships with the other rebels. We do activities together. I don't care that you have candy hidden in your room. I really don't because you're there. It's just like people that come into church, you know, religious, um, religious, which I am very much against religious. Even Jesus didn't like the religious leaders because they were, they were all about the rules and Jesus is all about the love. And I don't know any church that does this, but I know that there are some churches out there that judge people when they walk in, they walk in dirty, they walk in filthy, 
you know, they walk in smelling because they haven't had a shower. They don't have nice clothes. Some churches will judge people like that. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We're judging people. They're coming into church. We're just happy that they're there. They're coming in to, to be in the presence of God and to absorb all that love and energy. We don't, why, why would we ever give them dirty looks and make them feel bad? Why would we ever make a fat person feel bad for coming into the gym? They're there at the gym. They're walking on the treadmill. They're doing their best. That's what they know to do. They think, okay, I got to go to the gym. And you know what? They got themselves to the gym. They're the biggest one there, but they're riding the ellipse. They're riding the stationary bike. Who cares? Why would we ever make fun of fat people at the gym? That's horrible. That's horrible. They're trying. They're trying. And today that's not going to be their, that's not going to be the end of their story. This will not be the end for you. I refuse to believe that. I will love you until you can love yourself. That's what we do in the Code Red community. We don't care how you show up. We just are glad that you're there. Make up your mind no matter how bad your circumstances look and how bad it's been. It doesn't matter how you started. It matters how you, feel, how you end. And make your mind up that this is not going to be your end. Make your mind up that moving forward, just say it, say it out loud. Even while you are eating the, the Keebler elf cookies, say, I am getting healthier every day. Start speaking those words out. Refuse to give up because I'm not giving up on you. I'm not giving up on you. This does not have to be your end. It is not my end. At 46 years old, things are ramping up for Code Red. We've got the documentary coming out on all the streaming platforms about me and Code Red and my comeback. You think that I'm going to let being 46 and getting on stage with much younger girls who have been bodybuilding a lot longer than me, do you think I'm going to let that be my story? That, that that's going to be the end of me? That I'm, going to, I'm not going to get on stage? I'm not going to be too afraid and I'm just going to walk off like, no, no, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm getting on that stage. I don't care what. No matter what, I'm seeing this through to the end. No matter what, I demand more of myself. I am a person of excellence. I demand more of myself, demand more of yourself. It's not going to be my end. This is just the beginning for me. It's going to keep going up and up and up and up and up. And if it doesn't, I'm content. I have helped save lives, thousands, tens of thousands of lives from all over the world. I can hang my hat on the life that I've lived. If God doesn't take me any higher, I'm totally fine with that. I'm fine with my life now, but I'm going to keep pushing for more. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. We'd love you. We would love to have you in the app. We would love to have you on the, in, in the community. This does not have to be your end, okay? All right. Hey, I'm Christy Code Red, and thank you for listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. If you want to stay connected to other rebels like you, join us in our private network. Our Code Red app is a one-stop shop, free from ads, algorithms, and censorship, and a place where you can see, listen, and watch everything Code Red. You'll be encouraged, motivated, and fired up to stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Get recipe ideas, tips, tricks, and help from coaches, mentors, and other rebels. You can also purchase products, programs, and coaching all right there in one place. And if you have any trouble navigating the app, 
we're right there to help you. Go to coderedlifestyle.com forward slash APP to join for free. And I'll see you on the next episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle.